This is an audio recording of a video uploaded on my YouTube channel, 5-Minute Thoughts. Please check my channel out if you can. I just finished A Million Kisses in Your Lifetime by Monica Murphy and oh my god. I found this book through BookTok and it's not exactly what I was expecting. The entire novel focuses on the innocent Wren being placed in direct opposition with Bad Boy Crew. It is within the first chapter that we encounter Crew's unusual fantasies surrounding Wren. In particular, these fantasies involve helping Wren to lose her virginity and partake in sexually explicit acts. They also make sexual suggestions of the seemingly innocent actions of Wren. For example, when Wren wears a bow in her hair or sucks on a lollipop, Crew views her suggestively. Um... To me, referencing innocence in Wren's character almost feels like a form of infantilization. What cements this in my mind seems to be Ren's relationship with her father, as Ren promises abstinence to her father, and her actions are almost always dependent on what his opinion may be of her. Crew's attraction to Ren is also something I want to bring attention to. For example, his thoughts often include good girl Ren who won't swear, engage in certain acts, or betray her father, doing the exact opposite of what is expected of her, with a signifier of her innocence being used provocatively. I won't go into too much detail, as the book's descriptions are very explicit, but I will say that it appears to go a step further than our typical good girl and bad boy book trope, perhaps a step too far. I completely understand that a lot of YA readers like relationships like these, but I wonder if they should. When do we take it too far? Okay, I will argue in defence of Murphy for showing how Crew disapproves of one teacher's actions with underage girls. I will also argue that Crew ensures that his relationship with Ren is consensual, and they're both around the same age, so there shouldn't be any ethical issues there. However, my main issue comes from some of the descriptions of Wren and not from contextual factors like these. Therefore, I'm not sure to what extent this book should be idolised. I don't know about you, but I really do get serious Lolita vibes from this, and if that's not problematic, I don't know what is. For those who don't know, Lolita depicts middle-aged Humbert's fascination with 12-year-old Dolores Hayes, who he nicknames Lolita. As her stepfather, he is supposed to be a fatherly figure, but his obsession with the preteen quickly turns into a romantic and sexual relationship. Perhaps the most disturbing thing about Lolita was that it was written through Humbert's perspective, and so the sexual abuse is almost glorified. We do not see Lolita's perspective, and so we are left with a narrative which blatantly ignores the legal and moral grounds of molestation and makes Lolita look more complicit 
than she might have been. In other words, we do not know to what degree Lolita felt forced and coerced into this kind of relationship. It is obvious that no matter how this relationship transpired, Lolita is not in the position to consent. However, regardless of whether or not she was able to consent, there is clearly a lot of physical abuse as well as sexual abuse. As the adult in the situation, Humbert should recognise that Lolita is not mentally or physically mature enough to be in a relationship with him. It not only creates a power imbalance where Lolita depends on Humbert as a responsible adult, but places Lolita in damaging situations where she is taken advantage of. It's scary to think that Humbert is not represented as a monster in this, and poor Lolita is victim-blamed. Even if Lolita was attempting to seduce Humbert, which we cannot truly know as we do not see Lolita's perspective, what interest can a full-grown adult have in a 12-year-old child? Why is this normalised in some ways? And why does this representation of Lolita make her seem like more of a femme fatale than a helpless victim? Also, what's with Humbert's fascination with seemingly innocent things, like Lolita having a milk moustache, or this? She's literally playing with a doll which lightly brushes his leg. Why on earth is this being sexualised? I think quotes like these really put the creepiness into perspective. Mona, this is Dolores' father. Ah. Uh, Dolores's father, the Dolores that you call Lolita, and the girl that you are involved with. Um, okay. Okay, so you may be thinking that Lolita cannot hold relevance in today's society, and with that, you would be wrong. Shocking, I know. The Lolita aesthetic, not to be confused with the Japanese clothing style of the same name. It's still prevalent today. Heart-shaped glasses, lollipops and girly floral patterns are tied together and romanticised by those who follow this aesthetic. This TikTok video by Nicole Tanya illustrates this. In my arms she was always Lolita. The song Lolita by Lana Del Rey is another pop culture reference which seems to romanticise the Lolita aesthetic and the story behind Lolita itself. It's pretty disturbing to think that modern media still romanticises Lolita. It's even more disturbing to think how this may affect victims. If people aspire to fit the aesthetic of a molested 12 year old girl, what does this tell us about Lolita's betrayal? It's heartbreaking that I need to reinforce this, but the narrative of Lolita is just not okay. Moving on from fiction, I want to divert your attention to TikTok creator Brooke Monk. Brooke Monk posts relatable videos about her life for her 28.7 million TikTok followers. In previous videos, she has mentioned her wishes to abstain from sexual activities until she is married. However, some commentators seem disrespectful towards these wishes as they reply to her videos with rude comments and make suggestive edits. Are they? These people are weird, dude. In this video with her boyfriend, she reacts to weird Reddit posts which are just 
really awful. My issue with this is not the fact that she isn't at the age of consent, as she is, but that she quite obviously wouldn't consent because it goes against her personal wishes. That's what makes it creepy and disrespectful. It is even more disrespectful considering that people have decided to stereotype her and bring her religion into question. In doing so, they entirely disrespect the way in which she practices her faith, which is quite sad. So hot. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, as long as not, they don't have like a bunch of like sexual fantasies to me, yeah. like, it's, it's okay. Uh, something... This is precisely what I meant. To conclude, it seems that sexualizing innocence always appears creepy as it either involves children or sexualizes those who do not want to be sexualized. So that brings us to the end of the video. Thank you so much for watching. I understand that it's quite a dark topic, but I felt the need to cover it. If you enjoyed, please subscribe to encourage me to post. I aim to post every Wednesday if everything goes smoothly. Here are some of my socials if you'd like to check them out as well. I hope to see you next Wednesday.